This is the Team Church Podcast with Kevin Gerald, where we exist to move church forward and have the conversations that every team needs to be having. Welcome to the Team Church Podcast, everyone. My name is Brandon Stewart, and I'll be your host today. And I am joined by my amazing co-host, the legendary Jody Cameron. What's up, everyone? On our team here at Champion Center. Uh, we're so glad to be here today. And So glad. So glad to be here. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, we're back. We're going to pull some wisdom out of Coach K today. Hello, everybody. And we're going to have some fun. Welcome to the podcast. We have created this space to have the conversations that every team needs to be having. So we're but having a hard time having, right? Absolutely. And True. so our goal is to set the stage. We want to start the conversation, but your job is to finish the conversation mm. with your team. So if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to it today, uh, schedule a time, get some moments with your team coming up, continue this conversation. We think it'll help you and uh, make us all better. Before we dive into our interview today, though, uh, we have a first segment we like to bring every episode of the podcast. Uh, we want you to hear from some of our team church tribe and uh, specifically hear from lead pastors on what their team is doing that's killing the game right now. Uh, so we had another great story come in from a pastor. Let's check that out. Hey, Team Church Tribe. My name's Jason, and I lead Coast Life Church in Venice, Florida. And one of the things that my team is doing so well right now is taking personal responsibility for the corporate success of the church. You know, a, a church can't be built around one person but it does have to be built around one vision. And that requires for a team to all individually take responsibility for the health and the success of the church. And right now it's not unusual to walk into a room and see our team pouring over spreadsheets and in a really healthy way, looking at the metrics of our church to find out where do we have health and maybe where is there a gap in what we're doing that we need to lean into. And to me, it just speaks one word and that is ownership that each person on the team is taking personal responsibility for the corporate success of the church. And that's just one of the many ways our team is killing it right now. And it just speaks to the healthy DNA of a great team. If you'd like to give your team a shout out or share your team DNA story, why don't you reach out to us? Uh, contact us through teamchurchconference.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your story. And We'd love to celebrate what God is doing in your team. So today we are so excited. We're going to have a very important, very big conversation on the inside of us uh, today, and that is on the team church code. Yeah. So this was our attempt, you know, to put something into language that we feel like is already a part of the lifeblood of who we are and mm -hmm. who we see team church tribe being, That's you know, right. that people can take this uh, direction and put it into practice, make it their own and put it into their teams at their churches. Um, and so we released it at Team Church Conference this past year, and we just want to talk about it, uh, what each of them are, what they mean. The first one, if we can just dive into it, uh, yeah. is we go together, not alone. And what that means to us is that teamwork is our hallmark, family is our framework, and we're more effective together than we are alone. So let's talk about this for a minute. I mean, what does this mean to you, Pastor Kevin, and why do you believe it so deeply? Well, it has to start with the church um, for me and just my love for the church, my belief in the church. That's, that's really, um, before we talk about, you know, the power of, of a team, let's talk about the cause. Let's talk about the purpose. Why do we, 
you know, why do we believe in team is because we believe that the church is God's idea and it's plan A and there is no plan B. So knowing that it's the hope really of the world, that, that this is the carrier of the message of, of Jesus, um, then we move along to the idea that, well, if we're going to get this done, like we have to be together in this right. and we have to move together and we can't all just be over on our own deal. Um, it's like, you know, if you get a band uh, to play a song and every instrument plays a different song right. or plays it in a different key, so there's not much of a song. So you can take a great song and mess it up like <laughs> really quick. So it, it's just saying, okay, guys, this is a cause. This is a great cause that we live for. It's a great yeah. cause that we represent. So um, that, that's how I think it fleshed out for me to answer your question is that it all began with me saying, man, the church is really God's plan. Like it really is tag. You're it kind of deal. So how do we have the best uh, chance of moving forward, doing what we're called to do the great commission. Um, that's where the whole team concept comes from. So I can't imagine someone listening today arguing with that. I think we would, I think we all, agree that we want to be a great team. The problem is teams don't fall out of the sky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not found, actually. They're developed. They're fought for. They're built. So this is something that we have, over the years, and even at our church, we've had to fight for. We've had to stand up for. We've had to intentionally build. So as a lead pastor, what has it looked like for you over the years to architect and build a team mindset deep into our church? It's making people really aware of the value. And I would say if you're struggling uh, with a constant uh, pushback in terms of unity and people getting on the same page, that it's not, it's not only in giving them a, a sermon on it or a message on it, and then walk away and assume it's done. It's every day being down into the trenches Mm, and challenging the ideas and the individuality um, that people have a lot of times and don't see the harm in it or the lack of trust Mm. that exists in your organization. Uh, We've all, you know, we've all been in situations where, um, it's really hard to lead a group of people who don't trust each other. And so it's getting down into that, the framework of that in your organization and identifying what are the things that are holding us back from being this, this cohesive unified team that can be effective together. And if you can identify those things and work on them and have the tough conversations mm-hmm. um, and identify what is it that's holding us back from moving together better. And then I say, you know, I say challenge it. Uh, I think in every scenario it's different. Sometimes I think challenging just means um, saying, hey, this is a better way we could do this. I'm going to ask you guys to think this way instead of thinking that way. Yeah. So challenge doesn't have to be abrupt, mean, putting them down, putting their, their thoughts down. Sometimes it's just expressing the better way and starting to get that into the fabric of your team, which is where the code can actually be valuable within the context of local churches. Is a code like this 
that we would embrace as being the narrative and the vocabulary that we would say again and again to ourselves and uh, in the team unit. Um, well, so I've heard you say, and, and we've started championing this at our locations and in our teams, you know, that our, our purpose is greater than our preference. Right. Yeah. And so, Very you know, good. when it comes to individuality, that's great. And we want to have creativity and we want to have uniqueness. But at the end of the day, the purpose is greater than the preference. Yep. You know, I've heard you talk about alignment for years, you know, and mm -hmm. sometimes we're going to disagree on the little things, but we're going to align in the big things, you know, so we don't have to reach agreement a hundred percent across the board to still be a strong team. Yeah, if well we're willing to reach that higher alignment that, you know, we're all going in the same direction. We're all trying to reach the same goal. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to get more people to Jesus and more people to say yes to him. Mm -hmm. We might have a difference in preference, but at the end of the day, if we can find alignment mm -hmm. that we're going in the same direction, that's really what this is about. We go together, not alone. We don't yep. want to spread out into all these different ideas and tentacles, if you will, <laughs> and, and, and miss out on the strength yep. that happens when we come together and align together that strength that comes uh, that really leads us into our, our second point of the code actually is that we are undivided, mm. right? We are undivided. We stand shoulder to shoulder, focused, fixed, remembering who our real enemy is. We share the credit and victory and the responsibility in defeat. You know, this one was really when we were writing it, I guess where, where our head was at is the idea that the more time any of us spend worried about the dangers or divisions on the inside of the team, our moments were not spent fighting our real enemy mm -hmm. that's out there right. and, and taking the gospel to our community and building a healthy church. So any moment we're focused on division is a moment we're not focused on mission. And that was just where our head was at, I guess, on this one, trying to give language to who the real enemy is. And so why, why is it important for a team to get that right? Well, it's important because uh, the results that, that you get uh, when you are divided, the Bible says a house divided won't stand. So the results are, no, uh, are, are results nobody wants. And so um, I would just encourage that within the context of team for us not to assume that when we talk about this today we're we are proclaiming it as an easy mission um it's to true. bring people together and i think i think it's just a an ongoing uh conversation that's why with this podcast if we can just start a conversation is our heart, our goal. And then you can continue that conversation in the context of team. Um, when we're done talking, pick up the, pick up the conversation and ask, you know, why, why do we want to really be united? What, what's the reason? And I think that the quick assessment reminds everybody that the outcome of being united, uh, is so much greater than being divided. And so, that's what I would say. I would say for me, um, it, it's within a team. Some people think, you know, that when you lead a church like I lead and an organization like I lead, they're like, well, that's easy for you to say because you always get your way. 
That's really not true. Yeah. Um, we, we make uh, compromises mm-hmm. um, for the sake of the team, even in the chair that I sit in. And, and that means I give away things to let people do things maybe a little bit different than I would do it if I were sitting there. But I am asking them constantly, do your best to find alignment with me whenever you're doing what you're doing. And if I know you're doing that, I'm going to be happy. Um, but there are compromises. My point is that there are always compromises, no matter what chair you sit on, sit in when you're doing a team um, together. You just have to decide uh, which, you know, which ones you'll make and concede on and which ones you won't as a leader. But being united rather than divided is always going to spell the win. Well, and I think on a practical note, we just want to also build the kind of work environments and weekends people want to show up to. I mean, when when the environment, it, when we're together, and when when we're when we're letting the small things fall off, and we're we're focused on our mission, it's just so much more fun to show up and serve and work and live, and rather than the heaviness of dreading because because there's conflict in the mix. And yeah, well, successful teams have to put the interest of the team above their own self interest. And I heard the story of two brothers who inherited a family farm. And I love this story. I like to share it because one of them was married and he had a family and the other one was single. And so they agreed to split, um, mm. you know, the, 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 the harvest and all of that among themselves. And the single one started thinking, you know what? My brother needs this more than I do. Um, so he started going across the barnyard and <laughs> he carried over the grain from his silo in secret at night from his silo over to his brothers. Mm. And then the single brothers thinking, my brother's married. He's got a family. He needs it more than I do. So what they were starting off with just this thing of, okay, let's have, let's share equal space. When they got into the flow of the interest of one another, caring about one another, then they started taking care of one another. And that's what happens in a great marriage. That's what happens in a great team. When the dynamics are unselfish, and you're, you're like, you know, you're like, you know what? I'm not just looking out for my own interest, like the Bible says, but we're looking out for the interest of one another. And, and you know how the story would end. Both of them are getting back everything that they gave away. And that's wow. how I watch right. within the context of a team. Wow. If you're not prideful and trying to grab your territory yeah, and okay. you're just wanting the good of the team, what I found is that plenty of territory comes your way. Um, as a leader and as a contributor on the team, if your, if your heart is to like, just, I want the team to win. Right. It's not about me. It's about we. And so those dynamics, once they get going and people start sensing it and being reminded of it can do great things for the interest of the big picture. I love that idea. You know, this, this whole thing of, we accept, uh, the credit, we share the credit in victory and the responsibility in defeat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a phenomena that started in my generation, actually, I think, where uh, I'm, I still claim millennial, um, is that, <laughs> you know, um, we don't usually stay in the same career path for yeah. our whole life. You know, yeah, yeah, generations true. before us would say, okay, I'm going this direction. And yeah. most of the time, stay with the same company yep. until retirement. And that is just not a thing right. yep. at all anymore. And when it comes to church life, 
how much more important is it for us to really get this so on good. our teams, mm. on our staff, even on our volunteer teams, the, the importance of being undivided, not letting a defeat here and there take us down, but really sharing the responsibility in the defeat and sharing the credit in the victory. I mean, mm-hmm. tell, let's just talk about that a little bit deeper. Well, I think that our tendency oftentimes is to, um, you know, is to assume that our idea is always, you know, the best idea. And I think that's the next thing we're actually going to talk about today um, is is that we have to realize within the context of a team, Mm -hmm. um, like you said, Jody, is that whenever you come to a table, the, the idea of we all have is better than the idea any individual has yes absolutely and and so the collective nature of uh, of a thought is much better Mm -hmm. than an individual thought so um we let the best idea win right is is what we do uh as teams and and we bring one idea another idea another idea and it's not about owning it it's not about well that was mine or um, anything like that. The only time that ever comes up around champion center teams usually is in jest and in fun. Wait, I started that. I had that idea. That was my, you know, and, and that's harmless. Um, but when we all are committed to the best idea of winning, we will just stack ideas up with a little bit of input from you and a little bit of input from you. We consider it. Maybe that's not good. And at the end of the day, um, we come out with something much better than any individual could have come out with. You know, Pastor, one thing I really appreciate about your leadership that I think I'd love for everybody to know is that you constantly ask us to elevate and you constantly ask us to go after what matters most. Mm -hmm. You've even said it in this episode and you and I had a conversation the other night around this, just the idea that, that you always ask us to think team you always ask us to think about the church. Mm-hmm. Keep those two things intact. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like put you second and, and put the team first. Put the church first. That's what matters most. And mm-hmm. I just love you. You've done it differently over the years, but you, I just feel like you've constantly done that in the life of our team. And I guess I just wanted people to know that. And I feel like that's an important part of your leadership that's really added a lot of health yeah. and a lot of strength to but you really, I mean, it's something that you have to fight for, right? Because so often, you know, people get into this organizational chart mindset of, well, this is my upline and this is my downline and this is my job description. <laughs> and so that's not my job. Right. And, yeah. you know, you have taught and championed this idea of collaboration and fighting for it and fighting for the overlap and fighting for the, the miscues and confusion that sometimes happens when multiple people are responsible for multiple things, you know, let's, why, why is that important? And, and what are some of the strengths of it? And what are some of the things that maybe you've learned along the way through fighting for collaboration? The, the reason that I like the word team is because my point of reference growing up um, on a team was, I just wish that, you know, I just wish that the church could be more unified as I've seen teams unify. And then the opposite was what I saw a lot of times. The, the teams that have a running streak or an ability to do better, uh, but they mess it up because they get little things going on within their own personalities and attitudes and, 
and I'm not getting the ball enough, and I need to be shooting more, and those sort of di- – I've watched great teams, you know, that have, that have messed everything up in their potential by that individual uh, fighting or, you know, conflict that we often have. And so, for me, I, I just think that when, when it comes to the end of the day, thank you for what you're saying, but I, I really don't understand sometimes um, why more people can't get that. Mm. I don't wow. understand. Wow. I even, you know, even with my colleagues and pastors uh, who are friends of mine, um, a lot of times when I'm having conversations with them, the challenge of letting go of things that are of personal interest uh, that I want to do, or this is just what I like to do for the sake of the bigger picture and the benefit mm-hmm. of the church itself, being able to be free and growing and so forth and, and hitting that wall and not being able to turn that corner is very difficult sometimes um, for me and frustrating uh, because it's like, do we want the Super Bowl or not? You know, right, right, <laughs> do you right. want to ruin the ring or not? Right. And and as long as you stay smaller and well, you're happy with what I get my way. Yeah, but you're on a losing team right now. Sure. <laughs> so, so so do you want a winning team? Would you say like examples of that? Like maybe a lead pastor listening would say, well, I have some people on my team that are really making it difficult for other people on our team, but I'm comfortable with them. Yes. Because I know I know them. I know what I'm going to get out so of them. So I'm not going to have the hard conversation. So I'm, I'm not going to challenge them. Or they're talented. Or they're, they're talented. They're talented. They're, they're really, really good at what they do. Yeah. And so I'm not going to have that tough conversation. Or we're going to have a Wednesday night because I like speaking on Wednesday nights. Yes. Like those types of, yes. of examples. Yes. That, or I, li- I want to preach an hour. Mm. I want to preach an hour. Yeah. Like God moves when I preach an hour. Right? You know, it's like, okay, man, people, people, your whole church is going to be better. Yeah. If you'll cut it down to 30 minutes, 35 minutes. All the worship leaders out there are like, we got to have 45 <laughs> minutes of worship yeah. or the spirit of God it, is not going to move, right? It's not going to move without <laughs> it. Those are, those are great examples, though, mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that when we're challenged, personal preference versus purpose, which you mm-hmm. brought up earlier. Those personal preferences, it's amazing to me how easy it is to get blind to the bigger win mm-hmm. um, and to get selfless in, in, in the process. And that's really what we mean is that, that, that dynamic of saying, no, it's reasonable for me to realize that within the context of a growing church, not having an hour worship every weekend or our message every weekend mm-hmm. or Something that, that, you know, and then there's people that go to churches, for example, and the church is growing. And so now they have multi-site and they have locations where they're having the, the pastor isn't in front of them physically live. And so it's a video or, and, and you hear congregational individuals that are saying, well, I just like, you know, I like it better when I'm in a room. Well, you can't demonize them. Nobody wants to say, oh, those are evil people, but I have to, you know, I have to swallow twice because I'm thinking, yeah, but it's not just about you. Right. Like, could you celebrate that there's new locations, more people coming into the church, people's lives are being changed. We have more children's center. We're able to help more youth. Like, can you get focused on that and right. give that up? Like, can you get selfless enough to give some things up along the way for the bigger cause and the bigger purpose? I until love I that. get fired out yep. up about that. But 
Well, and I was going to say, I'm going to have to call it for time here. Uh, we're halfway through, but we're going to go to a part two on this. And so uh, okay. a lot of Let's great stuff it. today. Team Church Code. In fact, if you're listening to this today, watching this today, and you would like to use the Team Church Code in any context in your team, it's available to you at teamchurchconference.com. Uh, go to the About page there and we would just we'd find be, be honored if you would uh, take these phrases and thoughts and adopt them into the culture of your team also if this podcast is resonating with you i want to encourage you to hit the subscribe button however you're watching or listening to this today and help us out spread the word share this not only with your team share it with someone else at another church or a friend uh, that needs to hear this today we would just count it an honor to have a space into your world, into your team's world every single month. And finally, I always want to remind people, we have some great events coming up in the life of Team Church. Head to teamchurchconference.com for information, not only on our annual conference, but on our one-day events and training camps. Uh, We would love to have you join us at a future event coming up. So Team Church, we love you. Until next time, let's move church forward together. God bless you. This has been the Team Church Podcast with Kevin Gerald. For more information on conferences and events, check out teamchurchconference.com.